0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dieselcast, the podcast where we talk about only Vin Diesel movies and we watch them 15 minutes at a time forever and ever until the end of days. We will watch all the Fast and the Furious, all the X, all the Riddick movies, we'll watch Bloodshot, whatever that was, uh, we will do some I Am Groot stuff. This is the, this is the numero uno Vin Diesel podcast to listen to.
1: I'm Sean Doyle, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Nick Fury, with a full face scar, Chris Rendazzo. I hate cats. And injured Vin Diesel lookalike, who was written out of the script too early, Paul Giroux. I am fast? Well, we don't need Chris anymore, and me and Paul are <laughs> duplicates of each other, so really one, one of us could just handle this at this point, I think.
0: And, and uh, and, uh, cue like, um... Uh, weapons guy
2: Sean Doyle. Hey, <laughs> see, I, I went with prevalent neck tattoo Paul Giroux <laughs> and the actual Tony Hawk Sean Doyle. The, actu- the actual Tony Hawk was in that movie, yeah. yeah. That was actually Tony Hawk, which was doing, actually doing Tony the skateboarding. Hawk. The, the dude in the beginning that was skateboarding that was Tony Hawk. He also drove the Jeep yeah, drove right the Jeep. after the escape, like, and then we saw that. What was the other guy?
1: Greg knew the other guy. There's some like famous BMX guy. Yeah. Dave I, Mira.
2: I, I, Dave Mira was in it too. Okay. Listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> this month's letter was X, and we went with Paul's <laughs> pick triple X. Is Xander Cage just Dominic Toretto in disguise? Let's find out. I, but first, how y'all doing? I feel really
0: bad. I'm i I'm like so sorry. Like I I feel like I just Vin Dieseled the crap out of all of you. And like when you know, when you were watching Fast and Furious 15 minutes at a time, I feel like it was all fun and games. And then this came along, and I, am, I, I felt like it was cruel and unusual. Like, that's on me. I, I didn't know when to end it. And I'm sorry. Look, well,
2: if you didn't pick it, I would have, right? We, 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 this was going to be the pick. Chances are. But regardless, it was a terrible movie, but I'm not going to say I didn't have fun. All right, that's good. <laughs> and it, we were we did a decent job of entertaining ourselves i have i have a lot of thoughts but uh outside of xander cage how how's everyone doing what's what's new and exciting in the world of paul and sean
1: there's a world outside of xander cage i thought that's the whole point of the cage you're in it now <laughs> get in the <laughs> cage with xander cage oh <laughs> <sighs> yeah I, uh,
0: i'm i'm doing good. you want to go first sean or shall i
1: uh, I only have one short rant tonight. Uh I saw no spoilers. I, I'm going to I'm going to mention some details but nothing of any consequence to anyone other than me. Uh I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I know Chris did.
2: I sure did. I I saw I it s- too.
1: Okay. For listeners, I'm not going to spoil anything. You are going
0: to talk about more Vin Diesel?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> uh although he just keeps looping back in, doesn't he? Um No. The after credit scene. Spoiler alert: There's after credit scenes in a Marvel uh, movie. There's an after credit scene. <laughs> Get the, the hell out of here. The second one, which I, I felt was kind of wasted. I, I like the I like the first one. The second one, I thought was I don't know. They they had to punch up the joke to make it worthy of me sitting around that long. But whatever.
2: It was like the Schwarmer joke at the end of uh, Avengers. The, the,
1: the, yeah, I thought the Schwarmer one ended a little bit. Uh, uh, the joke landed a little bit stronger than this. I mean, yeah. it was it was all right.
0: Usually, the template is that the mid-credit scene sets up something for the next movie or the future of the MCU, and the end-credit scene is usually a joke.
1: Right. And and this was a joke, but it, it. I don't. I don't feel like the joke landed hard enough. But whatever. It was fine. I don't mean to nitpick on that. That's it was. Not my, that's not my rant.
2: It, I, I I have thoughts on that actually. But go go ahead. The,
1: did anybody else notice his shirt?
2: No. No.
1: So. He was wearing uh, what looked to be vintage. Uh, I assure you, it is not. He was wearing a, a shirt, as uh, Star Lord uh, is is wont to do, uh-huh. that references back to the '80s. It was a shirt for Freaky cereal. I've been ranting and raving about Freaky cereal for the last thirty years, <laughs> so missing the hell out of it. They took it off the market real quick. It was just sugar, like you know, other cereal. It's like we got some rice and we covered it in sugar. Or we got some corn and we covered it in sugar. <laughs> Now this was just sugar. Uh, I mean, a little bit of food coloring to hold it together, but it was just a bowl of sugar. Add milk and get diabetes. And of course, that made me love it. I mean, that's all I wanted. And then they uh, they switched up the box halfway through because hologram technology really you know started hitting big, and they'd be like, let's slap a hologram on the front. And I've had two boxes, just the empty boxes of this cereal that I've held on to because it makes me happy. Uh, and now I'm sure they're going to be worth money as soon as this blows up again. But uh, while I loved that they referenced Freaky's, the cereal, which I didn't think anyone else remembered, uh, I will say this uh, it, it begs a lot of questions. Number one, he's, he's back on Earth and he's wearing this s- Freaky's c- cereal t shirt. Uh, I don't own a Freaky's cereal t shirt, I own two empty boxes of Freaky's cereal. I've wept for this cereal, and I've ranted about it to anyone who will listen to me. Uh, If I don't own the t-shirt, I don't think it exists, or at least it didn't until this movie came out. I mean, it might now, but I don't think it did a hot minute ago. And two, I can basically guarantee you that at the time, this no-name, non-branded cereal did not have any merch that went with it. So there is no vintage t-shirt. If it exists, it exists now. Plus, which only begs this question as well, where did he get it like he was a kid when he left so why did someone give him an adult-sized t-shirt like if he came back and his uncle had a box of his clothes why would that be in there
2: where well he probably he... bought it
1: like now that he got back
2: he doesn't have any clothes he Sure, didn't. he didn't show up with a suitcase so he needed to buy new clothes I, but so I, what of I'm course is, peter quill is gonna go online and buy that
1: i guess i don't i don't know I'm. I'm. Maybe you can buy one now, but I don't think that's a thing you could have bought ten minutes ago.
2: Well, I mean, maybe in the MCU you could. I mean, we don't know how popular Freaky cereal was in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. All right. The only there was, there reason was, that
0: you have dissected this is because you're obsessed with this cereal.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I think it stands to reason, knowing that Peter Quill, when he got when he discovered he had godlike powers, one of the first things he did was turn into Pac Man. So it stands to reason that once his dad tells him about the, or his grandfather tells him about the internet, the first thing he's going to do is search for a t-shirt that has his favorite serial logo on it. All right. I absolutely buy that as being in character. All right. I also thought it was interesting that they said he was going to return. because, oh, uh yeah. You know what what exactly does the what what exactly does a star lord movie look like with him on earth
0: it it made me wonder if that was going to be some comedy disney plus series you know like 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 star star lord back on earth you know like like not necessarily an adventure movie like a mm-hmm. like a disney plus comedy like, series thing. like michigan
2: lord slice yeah. of life i don't remember kind of what thing.
1: state he's supposed to be from but whatever it is
2: that could be interesting i i have no idea i don't know what that uh but i have no idea what they plan to do with that character next you know it's I, a I,
1: I this could be a, a biased view I, i'm not basing this on anything on the internet or anything like that but i think just from my very small sample size of people that i talked to the loki show is the one that hit the biggest right seems to be
2: loki I mean, or loki WandaVision? and wandavision uh, those yeah. those two are both pretty big
1: uh So Loki was, uh, well, Loki makes my point. I was going to say that you mentioned like a lighthearted Star-Lord TV series or something. I was going to say, I think Disney really hit the nail on the head with the, Loki had a lighthearted feel to it. I know there was some plot points and like, you know, dealing with Kang and whatnot, but like the thing in, the whole thing in general felt more like a Taika Waititi uh, Thor kind of lighthearted situation mm-hmm. as opposed to a lot of the like the Winter Soldier or the, the yeah. Moon Knight. And I really love Moon Knight. Oh,
2: Moon Knight was so good. I, I absolutely loved that one. I loved
1: it, but I feel like Loki hit bigger uh, than Moon Knight or Winter Soldier or Hawkeye. And it's kind of got that lighthearted thing going through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Although WandaVision, I did hear a lot of people talking about that and I would not call that one lighthearted at all.
2: No. WandaVision was, was a, a huge hit. Um, and Loki was I mean Loki had uh Tom Hiddleston too. Like Loki had that whole thing oh, sure. going for it.
0: Are you are um, you suggesting that it was more low key than WandaVision? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry.
1: You're not allowed to talk for five minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought I thought Guardian 3 was great. Oh, yeah. I had a real good time with it. Yeah,
0: I, I did too. I mean, uh yeah, I know. I know we don't want to get too deep into spoilers for that movie because um it's it's very new and people are not tuning in to hear about Garden Guardians Three. But um
2: No, they're here for Triple X. They're here for Triple X. But <laughs>
0: yeah, they keep saying it's the best MCU movie since Endgame, and I think I have to agree. Like I was already I was already psyched for it. Um and uh, you know, I had I had I I think I had pretty high expectations because um, I love the other two so much. Um, and, yeah, it it didn't disappoint. What, one of the things that's interesting is I've seen and heard, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but at one point I heard people sort of uh, dissecting some of the casting stuff because um, before James Gunn got fired, there was... There was a whole list of different people to play some of those roles. Um Adam Warlock and uh the um the high evolutionary. Um mm. and I think uh Mark Mark Hamill's name was floated for the High Evolutionary. Um and uh, you know, somebody was like Oh, you know, why did why did casting change like you know, like, like it's all the internet trolls who say things like, you know, oh the all this Equity, inclusion, and blah, blah, blah. And you did this and you did that. And why, why did you change your mind? And, you know, this guy was only in there because of these inclusion initiatives and stuff. And James Gunn was like, dude, I cast this guy because he's the best actor I ever worked with. And, <laughs> like, hearing that and seeing the movie, I have to agree that guy was incredible.
2: Um, Which one? The High Evolutionary. The high Evolutionary.
0: And I yeah, think. He was great. I think in the wrong hands, that's a, a, a part that could have sunk that movie. Like, I, I think it was actually a little bit hard to play a dude with a god complex in quite the way that that guy had. And that guy was amazing. Like, you amazing.
1: Know, I, I agree. I don't know what the internet's talking about. That guy was freaking phenomenal. I don't know who the other choice for Adam Warlock was. I don't think the person they had did bad, but I could see somebody possibly doing a better job. As um, I Again, I'm not complaining, but a high evolutionary guy that guy nailed it what i
0: read the other casting the the casting for adam warlock before james Gunn got fired and rehired was um zach efron
1: i don't remember who that
0: is <laughs> I, like i i think i think both cho- choices yeah, are a little bit like um like like hollywood pretty boy types you know what i mean hmm. All right.
2: i uh i mean i certainly didn't dislike adam warlock i just um i don't know he, he didn't really seem as important overall, yeah, he was just kind of like he he seemed like he seemed like he was there because they said he was gonna be.
0: I felt like that was by design though, and I think it was a good choice like the, like at this point, there were so many characters for them to focus on, I think they needed to to mitigate the involvement of some of them a little bit um mm-hmm. and uh like they did a lot of splitting the group up, you know, like you two stay with the ship and you do this. And, you know, and I think that was, that was a way to now make this team that used to be five people and is now rather expansive, like be able to work together for this movie. So I, I, I think I kind of liked the way they pulled some of those people out. And, um, and then I thought it kind of paid off with the way with the, with the mid credit scene.
1: The, 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 the Adam Warlock character, uh, for, like, casual fans, uh, and I'm sure there are nerdier fans than me that know more about this than I do, but the the real casual comic book fans, they they might have been a little off-put by it, because in the last 30 years, since the 80s, Adam Warlock is, like, this almost Jesus-type character in the Marvel Universe, and, like, he's ridiculously powerful, and he's... he's um, He's much more serious and on top of things and more of a, a a leader this 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 was like a you know an overgrown baby or whatever child or whatever you want to call it but the uh I thought it was nice that they used him in this kind of secondary role in this movie and had him like that because that's more how the character started in like um uh it was like Kirby in the like i don't want to say late sixties uh I think Adam warlock first shows up in like Thor or Fantastic Four. Um, and he's got a couple early appearances where he is more like this uh, being trying to figure out um, himself in the universe and like kind, kind of an overgrown baby. I mean, this guy came off a little sillier than I think he came off in the comics. But then again, when you're reading a comic, everybody's kind of got their own, you know, you're reading flat words on a page. You're kind of putting your own spin on it as you're reading it. But the uh, so to us, a, a, again, I'm sure there's people that know way more about Adam Warlock than I do, but to the slightly more. Uh, red watcher. This was kind of a nice throwback. It kind of sets the character up for the development to occur and for him to become that character that will presumably be very important, you know, a half dozen movies, a dozen movies down the road, um, while still giving a nod to the old thing and not having him, like you said, they got a lot of characters they were working with this in, uh, in this movie, so he wasn't getting in the way, but they got to establish that, uh, that origin.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I, uh, I I think you probably said it well. Um, yeah, I mean, like like uh, James Gunn doing something different than is in the comic book, and you know, playing a thing for laughs, and sort of changing how he weaves these things together. Like that's totally on brand for him. Number one, and then number two, like yeah, now there's room for that character to grow. Like this is a starting point, and if they decide to bring him back for you know, a a um, a new group of Guardians, like they teased, like, yeah, now, now he can have an arc instead of starting being the most powerful thing in the
1: universe. So here's a casting thing I didn't like about it. This was one of my thoughts. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Great. Uh, that was a pretty minor role, and it made me think of Bill Murray, pretty minor role in that other movie. I thought that was a... Com- complete waste uh of Bill Murray. Like he had one or two funny lines. Yeah. Not that he did bad, but it just the it wasn't much of a role. And he did a little with it, probably more than other people would have done with it, but it wasn't a necessary role. It didn't have a lot going for it and it was just kind of there and gone. And I don't think that character's ever coming back because why would he? Um I feel like Marvel has made a lot of movies and they're burning through a lot of big names. <laughs> like are we really sure we just want to throw away what good actors we have left just like "Ah, bill murray can have this two second role that's never coming back it's like well that's no longer an option for any other characters and nathan fillion we don't need him for anything right let's just keep going like for all the movies i watch i can't name a lot of actors and i think they've probably used most of the actors i know and we're just going to keep
2: well, I think most of the roles they're looking for now are for younger people, and Nathan Fillion, you anyway, know, he's not exactly super old, but he's he's a little past his prime to be playing like a younger superhero type role. Not even. Also, this is, a second, and... this is his second. This is his second role he was in the first Guardians too. Yeah, that's what I was seeing that. Because um, he... he was in he was in heavy makeup, and he I don't even think he spoke. He was like the dude in the prison that like got messed up. I, I think there's other people in,
0: space. in this movie that um, have had, like, like Nathan Fillion, who was in previous Guardians movies, but, like, didn't look like him, like, like was CGI or alien or whatever. He just had like, a bunch
2: of makeup on, and then what's her name, uh, Hawkeye's wife? Yeah, Linda Cardellini was the voice Linda of that. Linda Cardellini. But, you know, she was playing a ferret or whatever she was, so it's, it's just her voice, so there's no conflict there. I thought it was an otter. Uh, it's probably an otter. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Oh, and then uh, one other nitpicky thing that's not really a spoiler, uh, and I haven't gone and listened to it yet, but I feel like the the soundtrack's a letdown. Oh, really? But, I
0: thought the soundtrack was great.
1: I, I haven't I haven't sat and listened to it yet, but look, the first one was absolutely amazing. Right, that soundtrack was just. I mean. I'm not a big fan of the 70s in general and they nailed it. They did a whole soundtrack of the 70s that I can listen to start to finish over and over and over. And then the second one was mostly 80s stuff and it was wasn't my first choice for 80s music but still a really solid soundtrack like oh, yeah. without going to the glorious the really obvious songs that I love from the 80s they made a great soundtrack. Um and now this one Not that the songs were bad, but I have a feeling that when I put this on, like, when I get this soundtrack and I put it on, it's not going to stack up to those first two. Um, I don't remember any bad songs. And then I thought at the end it was weird that they did the one song from the 2000s. I was like, really? You're not just going to end out this soundtrack sticking with the decade? Like, you're just going to click... I mean, they they owned it. Like, Mm -hmm. they worked it into the plot, so it made sense. But I don't know. Not only was it from the 2000s, I think that song's from, like, the end of the 2000s like 2008 9 10 like it's it just i don't know I, there's lots of good music from the 90s they could have they could have found one more
0: i actually had i i just had like a weird argument about this with one of my students my one of my students was like was like like taking issue with the soundtracks of the first ones for you know i, I don't know if it was both 1 and 2 uh, or or just to but saying that like i'm pretty sure there's music in it that would have come out after star lord's mom died and after he already had had left and gone into space and i was like oh i was like i think you're really nitpicking now like what like cuz then you got to pick apart what music is being played on the tape deck over the ship versus what music is sort of like atmospheric and sort of giving you the the flavor of the the time and the movie. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I guess so. But like I actually thought that this movie made that all a little bit stronger because it kind of said Once he got that Zune at the end of the second one, that then it opens him up to a whole world of music that, Mm -hmm. you know, he didn't have uh, when he left Earth, you know. And I think the fact that that was the music that was featured in this movie and and like I thought it was interesting that a lot of it was like Rockets picks, you know, and then and then the fact that they kind of tied it all back to the Zune at the end made it more cohesive.
1: i I love i love that they tied it back to the zune i just to to have to have them flick forward to the 2000s for the last song it's like you you know people are buying your soundtrack right like that's definitely a thing you're going to give me a soundtrack of all 90s music and one song from 2009 like it's a weird move so I've
0: now been listening great... to the soundtrack and it's all music from the nineties that I love. <laughs> like everything on it I love. Radiohead, Space Hog, Flaming Lips, like you're not gonna you're not gonna get any arguments from me about that soundtrack.
2: <laughs> I, I also loved the soundtrack, but I didn't have so in both of the previous Guardians movies, there were musical moments that were like just unreasonably good. And I was really looking for that in this one um because like uh, just from guardians 2 there's uh when yondu uh finally gets the uh the prototype finn and come a little bit closer by jay and the americans plays it's like i i watched that scene with the biggest smile on my face and then the very end father and son by cat stevens like i was expect i expected to go into this movie and get wrecked emotionally because that 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 whole scene the The Ravager funeral with the cat's even song, just destroys me every single time um and there were no like just absolute hit musical moments in the third one, like I loved their use of the um in the meantime by Space Hog. I was probably my favorite musical moment in in there um I did like the Florence and the Machine song at the end uh i I, it made sense it was a good pick and it made me smile Uh, i guess you know for spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it who's listening to this show that the the, the ending was the ending was a shock i was really expecting just because of guardians one and two i was expecting some sort of big emotional gut punch at the end then everybody lived (laughs) well now (laughs)
1: you've done the spoiler we (laughs) were (laughs) avoiding all the spoilers till now Look, uh, I look. The Florence and the Machine song worked great in that scene. It's a happy song. I love the song. It's a great song. It, it makes a nice moment in that scene. They could have found a '90s song that did just as good a job and stayed on theme.
2: Um, I don't disagree with you.
0: Spoiler, 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 spoilers. Skip ahead if you're going to be annoyed with what I say. But like, I like. I think to both of your points. Um, you know, for the fact that this was the 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 trilogy to tie it all together, the fact that it like like you're saying an emotional gut punch, Chris. I think that um it was an emotional gut punch, just a different emotion. The emotion was not yeah, yeah. sadness. Like the the whole thing about uh, all the stuff that they went over in those in those movies about the analogies about dancing and you know Drax the, the the Way Drax fell in love because his wife didn't dance, and um there's two kinds of people, those that dance that those don't like I think we were we were like looking for an all out celebration song, and then like everyone joining in and dance, I thought was the sort of emotional conclusion to all of it, like I, yeah' I it I'm just,
2: well, all I'm saying I do think it is a great ending, but it took me so much by surprise that I was I was take I was really taken aback by it because I was expecting someone to die and then when no one did and it was just like super happy I was like oh oh I don't know if I'm ready for this <laughs> like I just I was not in that headspace because and it's this is largely because of everything I had heard on the internet going in beforehand like oh bring your tissues man this 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 is a really hard movie to get through it's really really emotionally brutal and I think that is true if you're an animal lover like i i think the people that were getting like the the scenes that people were getting super wrecked about were you know when rocket's animal friends bit it and like you know that was sad but it didn't you know it didn't wreck me or anything like that uh i just i guess i just had i had weird internal expectations so uh
1: i thought the scene where he saw them again was way harder I mean, you know, I'm an, I love animals. I got my dog right here. Mm. Uh the scene where they bit it, I don't know. We're we're kind of desensitized to 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 movie violence, right? Like we see characters get shot and killed all the time in every different, you know, format there is, right? Um but the scene where he was like face to face with them again in I don't know, I'll call it heaven. I don't know, it was like a white area or whatever. Yeah. Uh that one, that was much
2: harder. That, yeah, I agree. That was a lot harder. And like I, I guess I kind of saw it coming. Like as soon as as soon as those animal characters showed up, it was like, well they're all gonna die. So I was already emotionally prepared for that to to have already been the case. So I don't know. Look, I, I I loved it. I I really did. But I haven't disliked any Marvel stuff yet. So I guess I'm I'm not the uh I'm not the audience who is like lauding this one as like the the big return or like oh finally there's been a good MCU movie. I think it's all been good. So.
1: Oh,
2: oh I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not I'm, I'm not, not a
1: critic.
0: Yeah, I'm not necessarily being down on the other stuff, even though some of it I think has been hit or miss. I I just I do agree that this has been the best one since Endgame. Like if I'm comparing it to everything that's come out in between. Well, maybe I don't know about the I mean, I don't know if you count the, the spider Spider Man you know, the what you what do you call it? The No Way Home. No way
2: home? Yeah, it was, yeah. that if if it was after Endgame, yeah, it counts. Yeah, but I mean movie. like
0: that's Sony. I I don't know if yeah, whatever.
2: That That's a 100% MCU. Friggin' Doctor Strange was in it. I,
0: yeah, that that was I don't I don't know if I put the two against
1: each other, I don't know who wins.
2: Oh, yeah, I don't know.
1: There was there were some great moments in that, especially if you had watched all the other Spider-Man movies, you know, it really brought everything together nicely. It it gave you a lot of closure for characters. I know th- I know the character is Spider-Man each time but it's you know it's a different universe of Spider-Man right yeah, it's a it's different, different flavor. To, yeah. yeah so like it it played on so much emotion that we already had built in uh but it did it well so i mean it seems like a cheap trick but you you nailed that cheap trick per, per-, per- perfectly so hats off to you on that
2: yeah i think i might give the nod to the Spider-Man myself but uh hey you know what we, we did an episode about that. Sounds familiar. Sounds like something we'd do.
1: <laughs> this episode was about Guardians, right? That's why I, I brought this up in the "How is your week?" moment, and I said I just had one short rant like a half hour ago. All right. Well, well, I'll put
0: a I'll put a stop to the Guardians. I'll I'll say how I how I am, which uh, you know I think that was going to be part of how I am. So thanks for covering that, Sean. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see what else. Oh, you know what? This is what I was thinking when you were talking about your freaky sugar cereal. So if I asked the question, how did we three meet? What would your answers be?
2: How did we three meet? How did we three meet? I have no idea how you two met, but I remember how I met both of you guys.
1: I think me and Paul met when Matt Voss was gluing Ninja Turtles to the road so that cars would hit them.
2: Uh, okay, that's that's what's Sean's buttons?
1: answer. All right, what's Chris's answer? I could be... Oh wait, no, 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 I nope, know, no, 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 no! You've said your
0: yeah. answer. You've said your answer, yeah, Sean. I know what, the right answer. What's now. what's Chris's answer? It's
1: wrong.
2: Well, I remember how I met Sean. I don't even remember. I was. You're wrong. It was at lunch in I think eighth grade. He was sitting at a table with Jed, and I can't remember who else. And I was introduced, and I don't remember by who. Paul. How did I meet Paul? I feel like I knew Paul before... No, I think Paul was at that same table. And I remember thinking Paul was like the coolest dude in the world, because he said all these weird words, like, made-up words, like Zomph and whatnot. And I was like, This guy's the best. I want to be just like him. (laughs) This guy gets it. He says nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I I was completely taken with Paul. But I think that's how I met both of you guys. Okay.
0: I remember it slightly differently. I remember meeting both of you at the same place, but not together. So, Chris, I remember that at Stokes, we were in the same cabin together. Maybe we didn't realize we knew each other till like a year later. But like that, that, the, there were, for people listening at home, there was a like sleepaway camp that you went to in like sixth grade or something like that. And like Chris and I were in the same cabin. I remember like being up at night shining a light on the possum that was like crawling in through the hole in the wall and all of us being <laughs> like, should we do something? Like this seems like a problem. Um, so I definitely remember Chris from that and then Sean I met in the same place Sean and I were at the table together the you know the mess hall dining table and this is this is what made me think of it when Sean talked about his sugary freaky cereal that he loved so much because I sat down next to Sean Sean had a big bowl of oatmeal. He picked up the sugar thing in the middle of the table and poured half of it in that bowl of oatmeal, <laughs> and then put it back down. And then proceeded to mix up the oatmeal bowl and eat oatmeal that was half sugar, half oatmeal. So that that is a that is the memory that you sparked Sean when you when you recalled this freaky cereal.
1: Yeah. The fact that I don't have diabetes really throws like a big monkey wrench into science's whole thing that they got going on.
0: Yeah, I can I can testify at home that, that Sean is not exaggerating about his sugary cereal because the day I met him, he ate cereal that was half sugar. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was one thing I was going to say. And the other thing I was going to say is, hey, how
1: about this, this Electric Mayhem show? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, fuck you guys. Oh, so I just watched something. I don't know if this was... I didn't know there was a show. I just watched a video online today. So when I have Maggie, like for a little while, that's my sister's baby. If I've got her and I'm trying to entertain her for a little while, then I will do... Uh, I'll put on like Muppets, like Menomina, or the Muppets do a cover of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody that she loves and uh, it's really solid. You would think... The way they get around the really, you know, the shocking lyrics, like, you know, talking about suicide and stuff is solid work. Um, so I show her things like that. And today something came up and it was the Electric Mayhem band doing um, uh, Kodachrome, uh, Phil, uh, Paul Simon, uh, Kodachrome, which is one of my favorite Paul Simon songs. So I was like, ah, oh, let's do this one. It was just them on stage doing it. But I assume that's from this new show then.
0: Yeah, the show is amazing. Um there's ten episodes. I've watched nine of them, so I'm I'm one away from finishing it. Um Oh God, it's the most fun friggin' thing I've ever seen in my life. So the the conceit of the show and it's it's interesting because there's um the like the only Muppets from, you know, the Muppet Show, from the Muppets that you know in the show is the band. You know, it doesn't have hermit or Fozzie or anybody else in it it's just about the electric Mayhem um uh although there is one other like muppet puppet in the show which is the woman who owns the um the record company um but uh the 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 conceit of the show is that um there's this uh there's this uh young lady that works for this record company this Waxtown records where this sort of uh this weird old puppet lady is the, the um, CEO of, and uh, she's sort of trying to break into the, the music industry and she's trying to work her way up through this um, company. And the company is trying to scale down and go out of business. And they're telling her to like, you know, shred this paperwork and like close up the books on these things and try to be done with it. Um, and she's still looking for her big break and she finds that there's one band that they gave a cash advance to to record a record that never recorded the record that still owes them a record and that band is the electric mayhem so she thinks it's going to be her big big break to get the band together and record the record that they've never recorded because they've just been on tour hanging out having a good time so uh god the show is so funny it's (laughs) It's, on
2: it's on our list we've Barely had. I've been buried in work, so I haven't had time to watch much TV at all. The only thing we've 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 maintained being current on Mrs. Maisel, and uh, hopefully tomorrow we'll catch this week's uh, Ted Lasso because Karen went out for trivia last night instead so of staying home watching TV with me, <laughs> which is fine because I had more work to do. So I just basically did. More What's work.
1: Electric Mayhem on? Is that on Disney? It's on Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah.
2: Disney he, Plus is delisting a whole bunch of shit. oh, you see that? That's not good. Including Willow. Willow's just gone. Boo. Like, oh, I, think, I never got around to it. Get is around to what, it soon. Did you watch it? Is it good? Wave of the Pirate. I thought it was great. Yeah, I loved we, it. I liked yeah. it. Hurry up, dude. You better do it. <sighs> it's, Wait, that like, do that? it's that same like... It's that same like... What's it? Um. There's obviously no uh, reason officially listed for it, but it's... um. Let's see. Well, one I I know we're talking TV stuff here, but I am happy to report that the live-action Powerpuff Girls series at CW is no longer in development, so thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a terrible idea.
1: It's the little things. Thank you, Lord.
2: Just, you know, thanks for letting me, uh, thanks for helping us all dodge that bullet.
1: Man, there was a couple episodes of that cartoon series that were phenomenal.
2: Oh my God, that show was great.
1: I I remember beat I remember being okay, but I remember two or three episodes that just just hit me just right, and I was like, that's a great show right there.
2: Let's see, where is this? The
1: Beatles episode?
2: Meet the Beatles. Oh. All right. Disney Plus to remove dozens of series from uh Disney Plus Hulu uh including uh let's see. The Willow series, Big Shot, from Turner and Hooch, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, Just Beyond's Diary of a Future President, The Mysterious Benedict Society, and The World According to Jeff Goldblum, as well as Hulu's Why the Last Man, Dollface, The Hot Zone, Maggie, Pistol, and Little Demon.
1: Well, the Hulu stuff I kind of get because I assume they don't proprietarily own it and they're paying royalties to somebody. But the stuff on Disney, I thought they owned all those IPs. Yeah, yeah I but that like,
2: too. it's cheap. I th- The current thing is, uh, the current theory is just like what HBO just recently did. It's, they get a bigger tax rate off for not hosting them on their service anymore than they think that they can make by continuing to have them on their service. So those shows just become completely unavailable to the world, um, because, you know, they can get a tax tax rate off. off. That's a great question. (laughs) You you can't win,
0: like, you you stop buying DVDs and stuff, because now you're like, I can get this all in streaming, and now they're taking them off the streaming, I'm just gonna be a hermit and live in the woods, I can't live with this, <laughs> this is, it's not good.
2: Yeah, there's a, uh, this this whole situation we've gotten ourselves in is uh, is, is terrible. I mean well, everything's terrible, so all I'll say
0: <laughs> is you both need to watch the Muppet, the Muppets Mayhem, because you're both gonna love it. Ooh. And if I can entice you more into this show being brilliant, there is an episode later in the season where they make a Beatles Get Back style documentary with Kevin Smith as the
1: filmmaker. <laughs> so nice, <laughs> nice. I feel like
2: that should hook you both in i I mean, I'm. I was already sold. Yeah. I'm. I'm a hundred percent into it. Just gotta. Just gotta get the time.
1: Yeah. I, I've been way behind. Like I haven't watched any TV in a while. I haven't even finished Night Court. That's number one on my list.
2: I have this wonderful app called TV Time that keeps track of all this stuff. So like, it tells me every time there's new episodes and where to find them. Uh, it keeps track of where I'm at, and uh, tells me like what what new stuff is coming and when. Uh, and it does it for movies too. Which uh let's see, I don't have anything. Oh we watched this John Mulaney special. I can I can click that off. Dunzo. That was pretty funny, I guess. I don't know. I'm not as interested in that guy as my wife is. Uh yeah, my list of movies is uh is getting pretty long here. Things to watch. Haven't watched any of the Creed movies yet.
0: Well, we're still back. haven't
2: recovered from the Mar- the Rocky Marathon. Yeah, you know? I mean, we're going to start the
0: alphabet over. I think it stands to reason what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, by the time we get there, obviously Fast X is on the list. Uh, as far as TV shows go, yeah, I'm pretty 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 close to caught up. So, but it's like so- I have a whole bunch of no good.
0: The Well, the, the, viewer, uh, like the viewers don't know that before we started recording, we were talking about when we were going to see Fast X. And that's probably for the best. I mean, it's probably not the most riveting podcast to listen to the three of us sit here and try to make plans of when we're going to see a movie. But <laughs> what I will say is I do hope that when we see it, that we all three sit down together, we start the movie, we're excited to see what happens next. And then after 15 minutes, I hope Chris gets up and goes... All right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can only watch 15 minutes at a time.
2: It's going to be an expensive way to get through that movie. (laughs) (laughs) That is a stack of movie tickets. I'm not saying I'm unwilling, just saying.
1: Speaking of Fast X and Vin Diesel, never mind. Chris, how how was your week?
2: Oh, my week sucked. Wait, wait can,
0: can I say one thing before we talk about your week? Just w- when you were talking about the, the uh, Fast X 15 minutes at a time and a stack of movie tickets, somebody told me that that, um, that Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out, the way to see that should be that you go with all your friends, you watch three quarters of the movie, and then you go, all right, when can we all meet to finish
2: this? <laughs> <laughs> I heard that same thing. Yeah. I would like to see that. I, I heard that movie was pretty funny. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. All right, Chris,
0: how was you how are you? How
2: was your week? Oh, uh, my week was uh pretty terrible. And uh I'm glad it's almost over. The terrible's not going away anytime soon, but uh, you know. I'm still here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and and I only made it worse with Triple X. Now you're No, nah, really... that was
2: that was a good time. Now I mean you're like, really bumming me out i was uh we 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 had we made we made it a fun evening it was a it was a good time i'm i'm glad to i'm glad to have seen it i'm very curious what the sequels are like just not quite curious enough to watch them oh well i can tell you once we launch into
0: that i (laughs) I will god i will be happy to let you know how the sequels were
2: uh yeah other than that i mean it's uh just uh i I I have decided to undertake a very very ambitious video project for you know by my standards uh, for work and it's been extremely fun extremely rewarding and very stressful because it's like I I create content for the Stone Age Gamer YouTube channel um and the videos I make are you know not exactly ambitious they're 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 pretty I'm, I'm getting better at it as time goes on I, I do a good enough job that they haven't fired me so I feel pretty good about that um. But they're very easy to pull this off in like a week, like I'll, in addition to all my other work. These videos, though, are a, just a, a hell of a lot more work. So I'm like up at night, you know, just trying and pounding away at editing and trying to figure all this stuff out. And they're they're coming out really well, but it's very stressful. But on the other side, the new Zelda game came out and it's freaking amazing. So that's been that that's that's that was the highlight of my week was getting to play this uh, the New Zelda game which I have not stopped playing uh, every opportunity I get that I'm not working so you know it's 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 a balance (laughs) (laughs) life's shit but at least I have video games so yay (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I guess we should probably get to work here Uh, Sean and I watched this movie with uh with with Karen and Greg. Uh, We watched it via nefarious means. Uh, I drank chocolate milk and ate mozzarella sticks.
1: Oh, I drank beer because this movie requires alcohol. Don't know what Chris was thinking. Uh, I I did try to come up with a themed snack, right? Uh, And I hadn't seen the movie since it was in the theater. I saw it once in the theater a long time ago. So I I got, you know, I remembered the gist of it, but I didn't remember details. Uh, So I grabbed my phone and I typed in. Uh, Or actually, I speak type, you know, like I hit the microphone or whatever. And I I I Google searched, uh, what does Vin Diesel eat in triple X? I think was the exact phrasing I went with. (laughs) Uh, And what you can't ever put into your search bar is XXX. (laughs) Because the first thing that came up was like food truck fuck. Uh, And the second thing... I don't. Know, it was just a bunch of porn sites. It was just porn site after porn site after porn site, and I tried to modify the search a little bit, and it it didn't get me anywhere. Sean, um, not pornographic. St- so I just gave up on themed snack and brought a bag of sour cream and onion potato chips because I was I don't know. Like, Sean, this is this is what we're going with.
0: You stole my joke because <laughs> my joke was going to be. So uh, I guess I'll I guess I'll just come out with it, right? That like. We've, we've talked about the fact that I've seen all three of these Triple X movies. Um, I saw the first one, and then I was like, well, you know, I, I, I feel like I have to be all in with this before we record, so I'm going to watch the other two. And <laughs> the middle one with Ice Cube, the one called Triple X State of the Union, I thought was the most watchable one. I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but, like, if you... I I, I thought it was a far superior movie. Like, it it, it made sense. I knew who the villain was. What? It's a a high bar. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, if you were to tell me that there was a movie that came out, and then the sequel to that movie didn't have the original actor in it, but had Ice Cube instead, and then a third movie came out with the original actor, I would assume that the middle one would be the bad movie. I think this was not the case. Wow. And my Rotten joke Tomatoes
2: was, disagrees with you.
0: Oh, uh, my joke was going to be I don't like I don't know if this is a popular opinion that, you know, that the middle movie is better. I tried to Google which is the best Triple X movie and the internet told me that it was Debbie Does Dallas 5. So, um,
1: 5, huh? Debbie Does Dallas <laughs> 5. I I felt
0: like it was going to be too obvious to go with 1, so I I felt like I needed a little nuance to the joke.
1: Right, right, right. Well, you know, the first one you just find in your voice,
2: you know. So, according to Rotten Tomatoes, the original XXX had a 48% tomato meter, tomatometer. (laughs) Tomometer. (laughs) Tomometer. No, because there's the other T in there. Tomato meter. Well, whatever. It's 48% and then 58% audience score. The second one, surprisingly high. What do you think?
1: I... I I, mean, no, I
2: was surprised at the first one. I didn't see the
1: second one. Paul's saying it's better. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was better. Audience, what are
2: you going
1: to
2: tell thing? me? 18%? Wow, 17%. Ah, that was close. 17%, 32% audience score. Mm-hmm. So it was less on both critics and audiences. The third one, which came out more than a decade later, mm-hmm. uh, 45%. On the regular on the uh, uh critic score, thirty seven percent audience score. So the
1: first one was the best one according to Rotten Tomatoes, both critics and audience.
2: Yeah. Sec uh, third one right behind it. Well, the audience score was considerably lower. Audience score was fifty eight on the first one, was thirty seven percent on the third one. Uh right. it only dropped one percentage point on the critic score, but then the second one, yeah, completely uh
0: tanked it. I thought the first one was the worst. I don't know why anybody would have kept watching them after the first one. Um, so first, you is the you worst, kept watching the
1: them. I know you're, the, you're the the one. You're cause, the why anyone? Because I am dedicated to the the craft of podcasting. That's why I watch them. Um. Yeah. The the, the I thought
0: the first one was awful. The second one, um, I thought, God, I thought the second one was better. Like um, the premise of the second one is, so they start the second one off by saying that that Xander Cage is dead. Like, um, you know, there, like, there's, there's guys in that. CIA base or whatever it is, and they're talking about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, Xander Cage died in Bogota, or, you know, whatever they were saying. And He's then...
2: fucking dead? They killed him? <laughs> Off screen.
0: Well, I mean, obviously not, because he comes back for the third one, but they're like, in the second one, they're blabbing that he's dead, and then um, Samuel L. Jackson is walking around there with some other dude, and um, the guy... Uh, that was kind of like q the guy that was like the the weapons and technology guy and they're oh like, yeah
2: the really annoying nerd guy yeah, yeah then
0: that guy um and the, that guy has kind of a bigger role in the second one and then I tried to figure out why he wasn't in the third one and I found out that the actor committed suicide um, oh. so uh, I, uh that I, I mean I hope he didn't commit suicide because of triple X movies but um uh yeah that that Poor guy seemed to have uh, some issues in his life. Um, but anyway, the three of them are walking around that CIA base and they're like, oh, we got to find a new triple X. And they start like they start reviewing like prisoners in in like prison and they come across Ice Cube, who's like some like disgraced military guy or whatever. And they're like, he's going to be our new triple X. So like where is in the first one? Xander Cage was, like, a stunt guy, snowboarder, skateboarder, you know, BMX, like, parkour, whatever. Like, Triple X is just... You know, Ice Cube is just a guy that's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to fuck people up. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, I kind of like that better. And then, like, the second one dealt with, like, um, like, a plot within our own government to kill the president and take over and like it was super clear who the bad guy was the bad guy was willem dafoe like willem dafoe is the <laughs> secretary of state and as soon as willem dafoe starts like talking and saying his plans i was like that's the bad guy it's willem dafoe <laughs> um so yeah i like the second one way better the third one kind of felt like they were trying to turn it into fast and furious like he he they introduced like a whole team of people that he's working with, like a whole team of triple X's. Did like, they
2: all have neck tattoos too? Uh
0: no, they were they and they were introduced in such a weird way, like a, a super disjointed way. Like they wanted you to feel like they were all in the other movies, but they were not. They were new. Um so imagine all the things that you dislike from the first movie, but just with more people. That's what the third movie was. <laughs>
1: Well, What's I am this? an extrovert, so more people is better, I guess, but the girl didn't come back though, right? No, I never saw her again.
2: Yeah, they worked so hard to make me believe that they had a love connection. Uh, Did
1: they work hard? Did they?
2: Somebody worked hard. I didn't I don't know, I think they worked well, but it seemed like they were trying. You know what? I I think there might have been
1: somebody. Uh they they put one guy in charge of like writing the movie as they filmed it, and they were like, well, we're going to have Vin Diesel do all the exports. You start trying real hard to come up with a little bit of dialogue for us to stick on the front and back of each one of these scenes so we can tie them together in some way. Uh, so that guy, he was he was working. That so I guess the we, only have, person that was
2: we haven't really done the breakdown yet. People might not actually know what this is. So, you know what, Chris? You? I can't wait to hear you explain it to me. All right, so Triple X was released on August 9th, 2002, it was re- distributed by Sony Pictures. It was written and directed by a room full of 13-year-old boys. <laughs> wait, wait, can
0: I can I can I do the breakdown? Can I can I tell you what I think the plot was?
2: Oh, well, let me get the facts out of the way and then you, you can not the plot yet. Yeah. Okay. It, it was written by it was actually written by Rich Wilkes and directed by Rob Cohen. Wilkes's other works include the Jerky Boys movie, all of the X sequels, and somehow the legitimately awesome Airheads. Mm. Cohen's other directorial works include Dragonheart, The Mummy, uh, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, and the original Fast and Furious. Oh. The film stars Vin Diesel, Asia Argento, and Martin Xaukas. Sure. Uh, it tells the story of a guy who's extremely proud of his ridiculous neck tattoo and has an affinity for bizarre coats who gets recruited by Sam Jackson... Stop bad guys by, well, by way of extreme sports and knowing that video games exist. What you got, Paul? What is, what is your... How do you sum up this movie?
0: Uh, I think it is about um, uh, Bizarro World Nick Fury building uh, Bizarro World Avengers slash Suicide Squad uh, slash one guy who <laughs> is a stunt guy who needs to stop a... Russian, no German, German,
1: Russian, yeah, who I was needs say, I to stop Russian. a
0: Russian terrorist group called Anarchy 99 who plan to blow up something with a submarine spaceship uh, that has a biological weapon in it and is piloted by an eight track cassette tape
2: nailed it (laughs) boy that submarine was something
1: huh so the submarine was the worst submarine that any submarine scientists ever made and it kind of remember that scene where all the scientists get killed uh after seeing how the submarine operated which was completely above water almost lifting up off the water at times like it seemed like it was going to be a better plane than submarine and it just Jet sailed along the top of the water so i think it's better that all those scientists died because one they were bad guys working on a uh, 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 you know poison gas is that what it was it seemed like a lot of work to to have a little bit of poison gas but whatever uh
0: i don't think they told us what it is they kept calling it a biological weapon and it seemed like it was going to Create a gas, but then when the terrorist guy took out the scientists with it, it just kind of exploded. So i I don't know what it was.
1: I right. they also called that thing a submarine. And, and until Vin Diesel forced it to go underwater and blow up, uh, it didn't go underwater. It, didn't it did everything like but be a submarine. Though. It looked like well, a well, rocket It ship. wasn't because they don't know what they're talking about. Which makes me think, uh, how effective was that poison gas going to be? If you can't build a submarine. You can't make a poison gas.
0: So, listen, when this movie started, it,
2: it tricked me. I,
0: I thought that it was going to be good. I was, I was actually with the movie uh, for, I'd say the first half hour. Actually, I wrote down, I wrote down the, uh, the, the hour, the minute mark where I felt like it all went to hell which
2: was 31 minutes and 31 seconds. That so, was when they stopped drugging him and having him pass out and then wake up on a close-up of his neck tattoo. Sort of. It was, well, at
0: first I was like, what happened at that moment? Did everybody just give up? Like, like why did it become a bad movie at that point? Um, and I think I figured out the problem. The problem is that it was not good
2: and that it was bad. the problem is what we in the industry like to call a lack of talent
0: no well i i think i actually i mean i think what the difference is is after that point it became like the plot of the movie like everything before that i felt like was exposition it was all setting up who this guy was what this triple x program was you know it was it was connecting him with this agency and then once they sent him on that mission once they sent him to Russia if i felt like it was garbage um uh uh i was i was with it up until that point i really was and then after that like the you know the first quarter of the movie i liked and the the remaining 3 quarters once you know uh, like i don't know if a retooling of the story would have helped i mean i think i i think there was things in it that had potential but there was there was a, there was a lot of missed opportunities and there was a lot of confusing stuff in the the most three, in three quarters of the movie
1: uh, you said retooling chris made his, his point about the the darts which was becoming endearing and they should have followed through with a little more uh, or or run off the edge of a cliff with it might have been great if they just kept filming the whole movie in like seven-minute bursts, and then he gets tranked. That's great. Um,
2: it I always there... came back on the neck tattoo every time. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> they kept zooming in on that. I, I know the. I I know what you're talking about. There was a different feel once he left. The, the build up, all the scenes with, uh, all the exposition, the scenes with Samuel Jackson, the beginning, getting him to that point. Um, they did feel a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more adventurous, and then it turned into more of a uh, uh,
2: uh, shitty spy movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or like a, but like a a heavy bro themed, you know. And I know it's a movie that they were trying to work in, uh, you know, extreme, uh, extreme sports. Sports. And I video do get games. That.
2: Like Sony wanted to sell Playstations with this. Like, yeah. There there was, also,
0: there was also there was also kind of like an anti government theme that was running through it. Like, not just with the Anarchy ninety nine people, but with Triple X. Like, you know, he like stole he,
1: the senator's car. Yeah, he sort of acted like he had similar ideologies to them, which is why
0: cameras. he fit in with them. Like why he could make them believe him. But like it 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 didn't it didn't pay off in any meaningful way. It didn't there was no there was no, um, it, it didn't, It there was no point to it. There, like, it didn't have a point at the end.
1: Yeah, because you know what? He was anti-government, and so with the bad guys, which seems weird. And you say, yeah, but he has a line. He doesn't think they should kill millions of people. And you say, oh, well, okay, that's that's a pretty easy line to get behind. <laughs> But then their whole anti-government thing, the only reason he was there, the only reason he was able to pull this off is because all the support he got from Samuel Jackson and his <laughs> team, which is the government.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> right? Like, the the, the the nerdy guy who was in the second one, uh, he, like, tricked out the car and gave it all the weapons or whatever for, for him to do his thing. So it's like, you only were able to do all this because of the support of the United States government. Sean,
2: you've officially put more thought into this than any of the writers did. <laughs> Wait when it
1: started i i genuinely
0: thought i was gonna like it um uh i did too I, I was i was i was in for the ride for that first half hour so like that first scene at that german uh like club that german like rock show or whatever that was a little confusing i didn't know who those people were and what Greg was Greg confirmed
2: that that was Rammstein, right
1: yeah yeah
0: i don't know
2: i i i didn't
0: like that scene was confusing just because I didn't know who any of those people were. But then after that scene, when it kind of did the like, the camera kind of zoomed to the like CIA building or the Capitol building or whatever that was. And it kind of was like Mission Impossible style. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little bit like, or like, um, what do you call it? Like get smart where it was like going through the doors and stuff where it zoomed down into Samuel L. Jackson in that elevator. And then Samuel L. Jackson walks into that room and he's basically like, I want to, I want to do a suicide squad. <laughs> like like <laughs> I want to do a suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that was like, was like basically what it was. It was like, none of these spies are working out. And he's like, have you considered expendable dudes that are just like dudes? Um, have
2: you seen the dude bros who are into the extreme sports? <laughs> yeah.
0: So then then we are introduced to Xander Cage where he steals that senator's uh uh convertible and I thought that scene was was really good. Um uh I I I thought the I thought it was funny how like the senator was like trying to ban rock music or something and then yeah. he had the bumper sticker on his car that said skateboarding is illegal. Um you know, and that he he steals this car and he's, like, using it to, you know, he's got these this camera crew and he's doing this, like, whole YouTube thing. And then, like, the other thing I was, like, k- again, kind of psyched about was, like, when I'm watching him in that scene, I was, like, he's a little more, like, buoyant, like, a little more, I don't know, like, watchable and acting than he is in, like, Fast and the Furious. Like, I, I just think that... You know he's been he's been he's been in Fast and the Furious movies for like twenty years, and like now he is a a, a producer, and you know he has a lot of he has a lot of sway with what the story is and what's going to be on screen, and a I think he's developed this way of acting where he kind of like plays everything down, where everything's like Ugh, I'm Vin Diesel, blah, blah, blah. like. I'm gonna put a hurt on him like you never would have seen. Blah, blah, blah. Like everything, everything kind of plays down at the end. And like, I thought this Xander Cage guy was a little bit like young, broy, like, like a like a hothead, like a hothead idiot. Like he was just a like a hothead asshole. And he was like, I kind of liked the way he was, um, you know, how he was a little more. Like, just a little more, like, peppy than the typical Vin Diesel fare. So I'm like, all right, cool. This is interesting, right? And then, like, when he's at that party and then the, the you know, police or the CIA or whoever come in and, and get him, um, like, they shoot him with that dart. And he says something like, he says, uh, I'll, I'll turn down. No, they come through the door. He goes, I'll turn down the music. And then they shoot him with the dart. And he goes, it was only a Corvette. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is something we don't see in Fast and the Furious. Like, he he's made to look foolish. You know, like, he gets hit with this dart, and he passes out, and, you know, he's in a different place. And, like, you know, he's kind of saying all these, um, these dumb lines and these dumb kind of zingers and stuff. And it's like, in Fast and the Furious, he's, like, he's not allowed to look bad. Like, he's not allowed to look like he's not in control. Um, he's not allowed to be the butt of a joke. So I, I don't know. Like when it started, I really thought I was gonna like it. Um I liked yeah, I liked all the stuff with the with him stealing the the convertible. I liked that the senator's name was Dick, and he's like, Don't be a dick, Dick. Um I liked the I liked the scene in the diner where he sort of like picked apart what it was. Like you I think you were sort of starting to see why he was gonna be this like super spy. And then and then they hit him with a dart again, and I thought that was funny. And then when they take him to Columbia, I thought it was funny that they put him in a mission and he still thought it was a test. And, like, I liked all that stuff with Danny Trejo and, like, him trying to be a smartass until he realized, like, he was in real trouble. And then after that scene, when the movie went to Russia, that was when it all fell apart for me. Like, somewhere in, like maybe the 16th Russian Techno Club scene, I've stopped enjoying the movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. The... So the... I don't like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There. I said it.
2: That's, that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it? That's, that's... All right.
1: No. So... And then Daredevil, the movie with Ben Affleck. I didn't like the fight scenes in that movie. There's other things I didn't like about that movie, too. But uh, because the fight scenes felt like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Because there was no weight and nothing made any sense. Right? Oh, oh, kind of like in...
0: um. Kind of like in that third Matrix movie, like, kind of like how in the second Matrix movie, there's the fight on that freeway, and there's, like, rules to it. Like, if you fall off the car, you die. But then, like, in the third Matrix movie, there's, like, no rules, and they're, like, throwing planets at each other. Like, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I I didn't like the third Matrix movie. I I didn't hate the third Matrix, but yes, I didn't like that part of it, and I thought the first two were far superior. Uh the scene in Colombia was kind of cool with Danny Trejo, and then they get outside, and it really, and I do understand that they were making a movie specifically designed to just incorporate extreme sports. I do get that. But so much of what he started doing on the bike, like at one point he just jumped like a <laughs> 20-foot fence. And like there was no ramp no or anything, ramp. he just did it. He just, he just did, did it. Wheeled that just willed the, the air. bike into the air. And like at that point, <laughs> you stop being an action movie because I'm laughing, and you're not leaning into the comedy. Like if you want to lean into it, go right ahead. This is great. I love a comedy. Let's make fun, right? But they didn't. But at the same time, they it completely detached itself from any feasibility, and I feel like at the moment it did it it knew it did it because the very next thing right after like we're sitting there watching it and I'm like how the hell did he just get the bike 20 feet in the air you see him drive up there's nothing it's like desert and then all of a sudden he jumps 20 foot in the air and turns sideways and goes through the opening in the barbed wire fence but I mean it was high it was 15 20 feet up and he just no ramp just made the bike jump somehow the very next scene As we're sitting here, like me, Greg, and Chris, we're like, what the hell was that? How did he get the bike to go up that high? They're like, oh, we have to show them that there's ramps. So then they show you this building that looks like a ramp. And then you're like, all right, I guess they're going to try to make up for the fact that there was no <laughs> ramp at that last thing. they're going to show us that a building looks like a ramp. And now he's going to go up the building and do something. And of course he did go up the building, but he, he went up the building and as he was going up the building, I expected him to like throw the motorcycle at the helicopter or jump onto the helicopter. Or, I don't know, have a reason for going up the building. Right. But he didn't, he jumped up the building. I guess it looked cool, but like there was no reason for him to go up there. And when he got When he landed, he had to circle back around the building to the side he was just on, where he left the dude laying in the grass that he had to go help. Like, it was out of his way to go up the building. And it served no purpose. So now at this point, I'm like, again, I respect the fact that you're just trying to work in the X Games. But, now you're just working in the X Games. Like, it didn't even go along with the plot. It didn't further the plot. It didn't further an action scene and it's completely divorced itself from reality. The cool thing about the X Games, not that I'm a huge fan, but the cool thing about those things is that somebody can do that, right? You're watching a real life person jump a motorcycle 20 or 30 feet in the air and he and he lets go and he holds on to the back and it's like that's impressive, right? It's not my venue of choice. It's not the thing that I want to spend my Sunday watching, but I get it. That's impressive. But now it's not even that. Now it's just you know, I don't know. He's flying. Why is he flying? He Whoa. shouldn't be able to fly. That's yeah, not and now fair. if the
2: before he had done that. If he looked at the building, and then he looked at the dude on the on the over on the other side and been like, then just said, "Ah, but when am I going to be here again?" And then did the jump. I would have laughed, and I would have totally bought it if they leaned into that absurdity of like, you're completely right. They the movie. Like it almost like seemed it really took itself too seriously, which is why I think it was written by a bunch of thirteen year old boys. Because the whole movie just seemed like this is so cool and nobody asked why. At any point, nobody asked why anything was anything other than this is cool.
0: Well, Sean, to uh to to your point about the 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 barbed wire fence and the that jump with the with the building. I think where it doesn't double down on reality, it doubles down on geography because
2: <laughs> like
1: I can't well, wait for this well so
2: well, there's geysers everywhere that we just don't see well,
1: what he that's does, geology <laughs> you
0: said you said that he jumps the building and then goes back to the other side to get the guy. I would also add that before the building, he is on the other side of it because he goes right past that tunnel. There's that, like, drainage tunnel. So we have to see him drive past the drainage tunnel to establish that there's a tunnel. Then there's the barbed wire fence jump where I think they realize their issue with the lack of ramps. Then there's the the building that he jumps off, which kind of doubles down on ramps to overcompensate for the lack of them before, because he's kind of going up the building. Like, there's kind of a ramp with the previous building, where he goes up a ramp with the next building, which explodes, which then, like, pushes that other part of the building up to make yet a further ramp. And then Uh he comes down and slides into the previously established drainage tunnel only to loop back around and get the guy. So, I think it was just a lot of establishing geography, not reality.
1: (laughs) Now, wait a second. This didn't occur to me till just now, and I gotta go back and watch this scene again now, because he goes through the barbed wire in, like, early on in that action sequence, right? It's a five-minute scene of him riding around with the bike. He jumps the barbed wire pretty early because it's before the whole thing with the roof and the building, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, It just occurred to me now, how did he get back on the other side of the barbed wire fence? He's in the compound. He jumps through the barbed wire fence that presumably goes all the way around the compound, you know, like a fence. And then a minute later, he's back on the inside of the compound, jumping over the building. But I don't remember him jumping back over the barbed wire fence. I think there was the, only one barbed wire fence jump, right?
0: I think the problem is we need to see the director's cut.
1: Definitely. Clearly. Definitely.
2: I don't, I don't really remember any of these details from this scene. Like, I don't remember thinking about the geography of it at all, other than just the sheer absurdity of the jumps and, as soon as I saw that building, I I I, I said to Sean and Paul and Karen, it's like, "That's sorry, and Greg. Was, that that building's going to explode. That is an exploding he building." He didn't right call there. that. <laughs> it's just that kind of building that it looks that easy kind of to explode, and yeah,
1: in real life, if you built a building that looked like that, it's your fault that it explodes. <laughs> it's like, dude, you knew that was going to happen.
0: Well. My notes about the first half hour of the movie are a lot of things about what I liked, like all the all the stuff I sort of just mentioned about about Vin Diesel and about this like extreme sports stuff. But then, after after that first half hour of the movie, most of my notes are literally just what happened because I found it all so forgettable that I started writing it down so that I would remember what happened. Because like th- like there is a lot of stuff that just I don't know. Like I, I like. I'm not saying a director's cut would have been better, but like, I, I I have to wonder what what what's on the cutting room floor and what somebody changed around because this movie was so disjointed. Like that um, like he so he 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 gets he goes to um, he goes to Russia and meets with that officer, that handler, that that guy there in Russia, um which was a little tough cuz that guy looked like all the other other russian guys so like i sort of had to go back to Yo, remember You that's racist. <laughs> they were all kind of long-haired and scraggly and russian. Yeah. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I, like i i sort of didn't remember who was who. But um but yeah, like he also also he well, a couple of things. He gets to Russia I'm sort of like, where did he get that coat? Like, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like that was a big plot point. Like, all of
2: a sudden, he's got this big. That was code. a pretty serious coat. Yeah, it's
0: like, like that. I think that needed to be established in the story. But, um, but yeah, like, then he kind of gets into a he he gets into a fight with that that guy. The guy says, "Take a seat." He goes, "I think I'll stand." And then they have an argument. And then he's like i'm going to sleep and i'm like you just said you were gonna stand like you ain't gonna sleep um and then like then in the next scene they're like in a club then he's in with those other dudes then he shoots that cop handler guy or it's i think at some point he goes back with i think at some point he still he meets up with samuel l jackson's people again um I After mean, it, he it was, makes
1: the deal to sell the cars, he meets back up with Sam Jackson uh at or, some point. Or
0: specifically the guy that Chris called the annoying guy, the guy that I was calling Q. Mm. Um uh, Yeah, I mean I felt like that guy should have been established earlier. Um uh yeah, I mean it, I like I I guess what I'm getting at is we we meet this Russian handler dude, then at a certain point he has to he like pretends to kill the Russian handler dude with the with the dart. So that must have been after he met with the Q guy to establish the, the dart gun and stuff. And then we're told that he didn't really kill that guy, but we didn't we don't see that guy again till later in the movie. And then by that point that guy has flipped sides. Like, it just I I feel like there's so many people and things that should have been worked into this movie in a more watchable cohesive way like it everything that I felt like was in Russia just was disjointed
1: and messy yeah it, I mean like not that the plot's so intense that you can't follow it but
2: I don't know I wasn't really following all that well maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention but I kind of like I really checked out of the plot after a while I was like <laughs> I don't I don't know what I don't know why any of these people are doing any of these things, and honestly, I don't care. <laughs> well, it was
1: the, the girl it, was like a triple agent, right? Was that yeah? yeah. That. So as soon as you start doing that, and and you're right, the cop spontaneously flipped sides after we didn't see him for ten <laughs> scenes. But like, the problem with the problem with having a problem with that is the the cop's character was barely established. I mean, like. At one point, he seems to know what he's doing, then he's incompetent on the roof, then he's shot in the alley, then you're right. Ten scenes later, he shows back up. But the problem with having a problem with it is you'd have to give a damn. And, like, they didn't get to the point where I gave a fuck whose side the cop was on. He he was as much a help as a hindrance in
2: either scenario, so whatever. Yeah. I wasn't exactly broken up by his heel turn there. It's like, oh, no. Not not that guy. <laughs> Some other things happen.
1: And then, like, the triple agent kills him and is yelled at by the bad guy and the good guy for oh. doing that at the wrong time. Because nobody cared. Wait, nobody wait. cared whose side he
0: was on. I think, you're, I think you're glossing over that scene a little bit. He <laughs> comes back in the door. The, the cop guy, who has now turned on him, pulls the gun and kind of, like, kind of tells us in, like, the least cinematic way, like... Like, uh, like I think literally, Vin Diesel says something like "You're a good guy," and he goes, "Now I'm a bad guy." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, there's writing like that." Like shh, they, there's Chris's point about written by a 13 year old boy, right? So he's like, "Now I'm a bad guy," and they have an argument dun, for dun, a little dun. bit, and <laughs> then he gets shot through the door, and the girl comes in, the triple agent, and she goes, "I heard where you were in the room." I knew I wouldn't hit you. <laughs> and I went, What?
2: <laughs> that was that was a big old steaming pile of bullshit right there. <laughs> what? You've yeah. had me suspend a lot of disbelief movie, but that's you're not selling me on that one.
0: Yeah, I I mean to the to the point about the plot being so disjointed, I like I would also say that um sometimes the uh sometimes the action scenes were so long and uh, devoid of furthering the plot that sometimes I forgot what the plot was and why we were in the middle of the action scene. Uh, for example, um, there <laughs> was... The snowboard scene? Yes, the snowboard yeah. scene. Bef- no. right, right before the <laughs> snowboard scene, he says something where he says, we have to take out the, the communications tower. And then, and then, like, you know, and then he's with that team that is sort of previously unestablished, right? Like we know that that Samuel Jackson's people have a presence there because he met with the Q guy, which which, to be fair, I think the Q guy should have been a bigger part of the movie, and I think he should have met with the Q guy before he even went to Russia, right? Because like, think about it, right when bond when Bond meets with Q it's right when he starts the mission, right? Like it's, it's, it's right after the exposition and stuff. And it's like, you got to suit up and get all your gear to go on the mission. And then like Q will give him like three things. He'll be like, here's your exploding pen. Here's your thing that does this. And here's your car with the whatever thing. Right. And like, then, you know, when you see a Bond movie, you're like, He's going to have to explode something with that pen. He's going to have to use this thing, you know, like, like it sort of sets that up. So
2: check gun.
0: Yeah. I that from Karen. I, I kind of think he should have seen that guy first. And then that that guy should have had a bigger presence in the movie. But anyway, he, he goes on this mission. These it's like, we got to take out the communications tower. And he jumps out of the plane with the snowboard and he's snowboarding all around. And then it was like endless amounts of snowboarding. And then and then people are chasing him. And then he starts putting the detonators on things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the detonators. He got them from the Q guy. I forgot that I was supposed to care about these detonators. And then I'm like, why the fuck is he blowing up stuff? Like, now he's in the middle of an avalanche. Why is he in an avalanche? And then it ends with no. it burying the communications tower. And I was like. Right, I forgot that we were doing this. But it's like,
2: so much worse than what you just said. Because he he created the avalanche just by throwing a couple of grenades over. His yeah, shoulder yeah. Like, the, yeah. The pocket, patches were a different scene.
1: The patches were when he was blowing up the m- motorcycles. He was like getting out of the compound or whatever. That was a different scene. Oh, he this didn't
0: was- use them when he was snowboarding.
1: No, it was oh. just two grenades. He put the patches yeah. on the motorcycles so the guys couldn't chase him or some. some oh, well,
0: that like makes that. it even worse, because now he used it. <laughs> oh, God. All <laughs> right.
1: So the <laughs> snowboard scene, why was he there? Right? He jumps out of the plane and lands. He drops two grenades on the ground and then starts snowboarding. Right? And then the grenades go off. And then there's an avalanche. That he now has to outrun because he caused an avalanche. Right, Right, right. The avalanche does all the work of taking out the communications tower. He doesn't do shit except get away from the avalanche that he caused. But he unnecessarily put himself in this scenario. He could have just dropped the grenades out of the plane. They're grenades. The government's got lots of grenades. you got laser pens and stuff, right? He's got all kinds of spy gear. you got a handful <laughs> of grenades. And it's not like he surgically planted them at just the right place after doing math and geology to figure out what part of the mountain he's... He just tosses them over his shoulder randomly. He could have dropped them from the plane. Why did he put himself in danger? It didn't make any sense. All the bad guys got killed by the avalanche. That They came running out of the tower. But the tower got crushed by the avalanche. They'd be dead anyway. The tower would be gone anyway. There was no reason for him to be there. And then what's worse, what's even worse, is the good guys right before that are getting ready to go. And they're like, but we can't storm his castle. His defenses are too good. And he's like, that's why we got to take out the communications tower, right? The only defenses that we saw in that castle, fortress, whatever we want to call it, was a bunch of guys in turrets with machine guns. And when the cops showed up, all those guys shot at them. Right, I mean that's what happened, right? And a lot of cops died, right? And they shot at the guys with the Turk guns, and the Turk guys. What did taking out the communications do? How? What was that about? Like it, they just said it wanted us to accept. Like sure, defenses need communications. That makes sense. But it, we we saw the castle. It was just a bunch of guys with machine guns, and they still
2: shot the machine guns.
0: It did seem like a like a like a super unnecessary side quest. Um, I, it was I, all
2: it was just an excuse to get him on a snowboard. That was it. That was the plot. It was I, okay. We rode him on a snowboard. How do we make this make sense? i okay.
0: do, i do want i do want to circle back to that castle, but as far as the the <laughs> the, the the snowboarding thing to be to be fair, to I was okay fair. with it right <laughs> like <laughs> i I was okay with the fact that like this is a movie that's predicated on uh, uh, getting a guy that does expre- extreme sports stuff to be your spy guy like it. it's fine to me that snowboarding played a part in taking out the communications tower my whole thing was just give us a line of dialogue so we know what the shit is happening right like <laughs> like if, if he's like take out the communications tower like he could have been like they could have been like how will you do that and he's like one word avalanche you know like I, I just needed to know why we were skiing away from an avalanche. If, if if you just give me a little, I would have been fine with it. But instead,
1: instead I forgot what was happening. And, then, and then, but it's like what we said earlier. If they had, if they had leaned into the 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 joke of it, right? What like Chris said, like you know, if he looked back and he was like, "When am I ever going to have this chance again?" And he jumps the roof. If he was like, "I'm going to cause an avalanche," you know, I'm going to snowboard that thing. Like if they had leaned into it a little bit, that'd have been great. If not tack something on the end where like I don't know, he he, had to be there because, I, because once the avalanche took out the communications tower, he had to put up the government one to undo the laser grid or something, I don't know, make up some crap to justify him being there, either he wants to ride the avalanche because he's, you know uh, an extreme junkie or whatever and that's great, go ahead or, give me Two uh, again, one sentence of dialogue. It can be bullshit, but tell me why he's there, and then also tell me why it mattered that we took down the communications array. You know, like again, it's got to knock out the laser grid. Just I don't know, fucking something because the guys with the turrets were still there, still shooting.
2: I don't have anything else to add to this. You no. guys can keep going as long as you want, but well, I mean, I'm—I don't even remember how this movie ended.
0: Well, I, I wanted I wanted to I wanted to get back to the uh the the castle um uh I, I mean so for all of the geography that the movie set up in Colombia where we needed to like establish the drainage ditch before we circled back around to the house that was gonna that was a ramp and blah blah blah. Like once you got to Russia, there was like nothing established. Like that mansion that they were in? Like when we saw the mansion, I think somebody just has a line that says something like, Yeah, the previous owners just left this mansion. And so then like all these like Anarchy 99 guys were like in this mansion. Which was also a little bit gross and creepy because 'cause they're just like pulling like girls in bikinis out of the out of the fountains. Like that that was a little sketchy. And uh and uh and then like there was, like, that whole thing with the girl waiting for him in his room, and he's like, the things I'm gonna oh my do God. for
1: my country. Was he like, telling her that he's a spy? It seemed like he was telling her that he's a spy, right? Oh, like, to, what do you mean by that, sir? Are you to, saying that you're a
0: spy? <laughs> I, I don't think she spoke English, so I think it was fine. Oh, um, right. But, like, but, he's, uh,
2: like, trying to mack it with his other girl the whole time, and then he's like, well, I guess I'm just gonna sleep with this lady, because well, she's in my room it, for some reason. I, I don't want to say this will make
0: it better. I think this makes it a far deal worse, but that line <laughs> that line comes back in each of the other Triple X movies in a similar fashion. Like each of oh, the other Triple X movies have Triple X ban just banging a random skank and being like the things I'm going to do <laughs> for my country. And I was like, "Ooh, this
1: this That's is not that's the hey. part they thought nailed it. Let's keep this. This will be the <laughs> yeah, running bit. That's yeah, that's what it.
0: came back over and over. Um but uh yeah. Um <laughs> Well oh but yeah, the the mansion, I didn't realize I didn't realize that the scientists and the weird submarine spaceship thing were in the basement of the mansion. I didn't realize that the mansion was the base and was the center for the bioweapon. Like I I had to had to like watch it more than once like i uh like i didn't want to but like because (laughs) i had watched three of these triple x movies i had forgotten everything that was in this forgettable movie so like today between meetings i'm like sitting at my desk at work just like watching scenes and then like scrubbing ahead to to see what i can pass by but then i I was like oh that like i could have used a little
1: more explanation of this mansion like i didn't even realize yeah, so that that's what I it was. Th- thought the bad guy was saying at the beginning that they killed somebody and took their mansion, right? I mean, that seemed to be the implication. Like they just moved out. Wink, wink. Haw, oh, okay. Right? All right. I thought that's what it was. Sure, sure. But, but if if I'm correct, right? You would. Your initial thing is like, oh, he he killed somebody and stole their mansion. That's that's a bad thing, bad guy. Sure, but <laughs> it's a mansion that's got a built-in biochemical lab and submarine launching port in the basement whoever he killed was definitely also a bad guy planning his own evil bad guy shit so i don't know we, we might want to call that one a win right
2: i mean that's a lateral move at best I mean, it's, it's never
1: a- it's never a good guy with a secret bio lab in the basement of his mansion with a submarine launching port right that's that's never in the good guy's house maybe batman Maybe. Yeah. Alright, yeah, Batman. He's got all that.
0: There's nothing good you can do with a secret submarine launching port. <laughs>
1: Except be Batman. Did he kill Batman? Uh Rush- Russian Batman? Russian Batman. Oh God Rest ye. Russian uh, Batman.
0: Isn't isn't there a Russian Batman in the uh Red Sun comic? Like he's like a crazy Batman that wears
1: a like a What's the what's the that Russian fuzzy hat? Is that called a babushka? Balaclava? Oh, or babushka. I, I I don't know. I don't know DC very well. I couldn't tell you.
2: Yeah, there is. Yeah. All right. I believe you. Um, you have no reason to lie.
1: No, no. Yet yeah, this, <sighs> my brother-in-law made fun of me. He was like, uh, "You're just gonna say some stuff like you know." If you went into this expecting anything other than a bunch of extreme sports streams messed together, then you're wrong. You know, if that's what you wanted, you got it because that's that's kind of a mean line to say, right? I say that about most of The Rock movies. Like, <laughs> what did you expect? This is this is what I signed up for. This was fun. Any, but no, I mean, it's just I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say it. And it's rare that I, this was a bad movie. I'm usually I want to work with the movie maker. I want to enjoy myself, and I did, but only because we made fun of it. Um it it just wasn't a good movie. So I'm going to not recommend this. Yeah. Uh, and if you are going to watch it, make sure you got some friends with you that are prepared to just mystery science theater, the crap out of it. Cause it's, so that's the only way you're going to enjoy it. it, it Three it was,
2: thumbs th- down, one for each X. Yeah. It, <laughs> it
0: was bad. I mean, it sounds like you guys are wrapping it up. I, I, I guess there. I guess if I'm looking at my notes, there is one more note that I wrote, and and looking about, and uh, looking at it, it seems you really it,
2: have to think uh, about your notes. Like, how much longer do you really want to spend of your life dis- <laughs> discussing this well, movie? I, I, like, I'm. I guess I'm realizing as we're
0: talking about it, like how, like how much this movie, um, like how much this movie didn't know what it was doing. Like how much this movie didn't. <laughs> uh like didn't know how to make a movie, right? Because like like we're we're talking about all the stuff that they paid attention to that they felt like they had to set up when there was so many things that were unexplained, right? I guess the other thing I wrote down was the the friggin' car that that the car that he gets that the Q guy pimps out, which I think I think was a little bit funny, or at least they were trying to make it funny, where he, you know, it's it's him still being a hothead smartass and being like, yeah, Gibbons said all this stuff, put it in the car, you know? So it's like, I think it was like supposed to be his disregard for authority and everything else and just like, make me a cool car, you know? And then the guy does it and then he delivers the car to the mansion, which was weird, right? Like, th- that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then, <laughs> and then I think it was supposed to be funny because, um, because then he's like, Hey, I'm giving you a promotion. Now you're a field agent. You go deal with all this stuff. Right. So like, I think that was supposed to pay off the joke when they met where, you know, he's like, he's like, Oh, you're out in the field and I'm a college graduate and I'm, you know, stuck behind a desk or, you know, whatever. Right. So like, I guess that was supposed to be funny. But then he gets in the car and then the dude makes it a point to double back and give him the manual so that he understands the car. (laughs) And And then they spend all this time in the middle of the action talking about the manual. They're like, what can the car do? I don't know. Let's consult the manual. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, like,
1: who thought this was exciting? <laughs> like, 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 reading the manual while you're in the car? Like Good job, their, movie. Their disregard for sense and reality through most of the movie was then hit like, straight into a wall. Someone was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't just give him the car. He wouldn't know how to use it. What if the girl goes with him and reads the manual? Okay, good idea. You're right. You're right. No one will buy Sold. that he knows how to use it. Nailed it. They'll buy that he can make a bike jump 20 feet in the air with no ramp, but knowing how to use a car and some buttons, too complicated. No way. It's not plausible. Yeah. F plus for me. Yeah. F plus. <laughs> yeah. It just It's not it's not good.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that that's gonna wrap this crap up. Uh What a, it's time for us to figure out what we're going to watch next. Uh, We have to cover the letter Y now. Uh, As far as I know, there's no movie called Triple Y. Oh, but
1: there is, Chris, and we're watching it, son
2: of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, who wants to go first? I
1: always go first. I'm going last, because I got two, and one of you might pick one of them.
0: Uh, You're not going to pick mine. You want me to go first? Sure, go nuts. OK, so uh, OK, so at one point when we talked about our picks, um, I think it was back when we did tea. I think it was back when my pick was the thing. Um, I said that I'm always torn. Do I want to do I want to saddle you with a movie that I just want to subject you to and uh, and have a good <laughs> laugh at? Um, or do I pick something that I feel like is a legitimately good movie that I, I could spend hours picking apart? And that's, like, that's always my quandary. Like, which one do I go with? But I realized there is another category, and that category is things that I have a vague memory of, or, like, I think sometimes it's a little bit of, like, a Mandela effect thing where I'm, like, I think I've seen this. Is it real? Like, did this exist? And like, should I watch it and figure out what it is? Um, I think when we were at the letter O, my pick was a little bit like that when I, I, I said once bitten, um, cause I used to walk past that, that box in blockbuster all the time with Jim Carrey as a vampire. And I was like, like, I think it was because that was at the like height of the, the Jim Carrey popularity. And like, they were like, "Oh, let's let's put this vampire box from the '80s that he did front and center," you know. But like, never seen it. Like, it was, I walked past that box for like years. Um, I think my pick for, I think my inner Space was a little bit like that. Not that I like, I had seen Inner Space and I knew the plot and the story, but like, there was so many like disconnected images and 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 like thoughts in my mind from like seeing that as a kid that I was like all right I want to like explore this again so I think I think sometimes I have like a weird memory of like an image or a trailer or something that I'm like was this a thing like let's watch this so that's what my why pick is going to be um for why I remember seeing this trailer for the time that the movie's out I saw this trailer a bunch of times and it was for a movie uh so the trailer would go um like it, it showed this uh like sort of um uh let me call him a a uh I'll call him a spiky-haired unkempt fellow um and he it seemed like he was going around having adventures and like I don't know. Maybe inventing the electric guitar and then it like electrocutes them. It seemed like this it was, was a...
1: one of my movies. You son of a bitch. Yeah. So
0: I, I kept seeing no, the this trailers. Was, you said
1: for there's this. no way that you weren't picking this, one of this, my movies. This, this is, is really. It. This, this is really it. This movie both my is... movies start with the same word.
0: It's called Young Einstein. Einstein. Yeah, kind of and the, the trailer would go, Yahoo Serious is Young Einstein. <laughs> and I was like, who the fuck is Yahoo Serious? Like, you're saying this like it's a guy I should know? So I... He made
1: like three movies in like one year. He was really famous, and then you never heard from him again. I,
0: I looked the movie up. It seems like it's on Tubi and that we can watch it. So that's going to be my pick. Uh, young Einstein.
1: I watched it a bunch when I was real little. We had a we had recorded it off of like HBO onto VHS. My little sister loved it, but I don't think I've seen it since the 90s probably. So, uh I I remember I remember most of it, I think. Like I remember the basic plot. It's 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 young Einstein. Um and they put in random bits. Like I think the girl might be Marie Curie. Does that make any sense? I don't think it does, but I think she might be. Um uh, he he's an uh, Yahoo series is an Australian actor. I think he made like two or three movies all in like 1991, when like America thought Australia was great for like four days. Uh, and yeah, yeah.
0: So you're saying he went out on top?
1: <laughs> I'm saying he came in on the top, and left on the top undefeated. four days later. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Knocked out three movies real quick. Hope he hope he invested the money wisely.
2: Alright, All right. well, do you want to go next, Jones? No, I you want you to it? go next. Alright, well, we just watched a shitty James Bond movie, so I'm going to pick a good one i pick oh. as You Only Live Twice. I don't know that I've even seen this one. I mean, I know I've seen parts of it, but a lot of the classic Bond movies, I don't think I've ever actually really sat through any of them, to be perfectly honest. who's Who's the James Bond in this? I think it's a Connery one. Okay. Um... I just, I, we were, I was looking at Y movies and this came up. I was like, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen this one. I it, heard, if I haven't, or if I have, I haven't seen it in a long, long time. It yeah, it's is a Sean Connery, Connery one. one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I've seen all the Connery. I think I made it a point to sit and watch all the Connery ones one time.
2: Yeah. Never watched it. Gonna put that, that's my pick. You only live twice. All right. Cause it can't possibly be worse than Triple X. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, so since you went with young Einstein, I'll go with my backup, which uh, I had mentioned somehow came up the other night, and Chris said he's never seen it. I haven't seen it, again, probably since the 90s. Uh, I remember when I was young, but I'm talking to Alan, like hanging out with Alan Kiefer, so like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, something around there. I remember really liking this movie and its sequel. Um, but then in the mid-90s, Tombstone came out, and no other Western movie was ever needed ever again. Um but I'm gonna go with Young Guns because I haven't seen that in a in a hot minute. It had a, uh, yeah. An all star cast, Keith or Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, um probably like ten more people like it was just every every star they could grab. Uh my guess is it's not gonna hold up. My guess is it's gonna be stupid. But I remember really liking it, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll hold
0: true. As I recall, when you compare it to things like Tombstone and and uh, Unforgiven and other westerns, it kind of feels like the Breakfast Club turned into a western. You know what I mean? Like it kind of feels right. like, a, like, um, yeah, like a like a John Hughes western. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I haven't seen it in twenty, thirty years. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with it. I, yeah, I'd, I'd give it a rewatch, see how it goes. And Chris said he never saw it, so yeah, uh, I've
2: never seen it. All right, that's the thing. Okay, let's get the old texting out and red leader standing by,
1: old leader standing by,
2: and engage. Oh God, damn it! I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why we
1: went, we went with yours? I don't know. I was
2: excited about Young Guns. Oh well, <laughs> I could have gone either way on that, but Young Einstein sounds a little bit more interesting to me. All right. Well, I'm I'm interested in
0: seeing this thing that it's a vague memory from my past that made me go: Is this real? Is this a thing that exists? And apparently, it I'm does. trying to
1: think. The preview for this was on a VHS we owned. Was it Turtles Two?
2: The, the if it preview was, for this, I feel this like was... I would have
0: remembered it. It was everywhere. The preview was everywhere, which is why I which is why it's stuck in my mind. It's a movie I've never seen, but I've seen this preview so many times that I had questions.
1: Hmm. There was a there was a song that was in the middle of it, the cat like recorded onto an audio cassette by holding it up to the TV that then played a lot and it was real catchy, it was in my head a lot, and I can't think of the name of the song now. But, whatever. We're going to find out all about yeah, we it are. in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be the hottest. We Fantastic. Sure so
2: there you go. Young Einstein is our next pick. You can watch it somewhere. On Tubi? Is that what you said? Tubi, yes. That's where it seems Tubi. to be. Or not Tubi. Where, where all the weird stuff ends up. Yeah all right and that that's gonna ramp up our show a theater near you is a part of the geekade podcast network and if you'd like to get in touch with us to share your comments movie suggestions or whatever you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com we can also be found on most social media outlets and the official geekade discord server all of which can be found in our show notes If you'd like early access to this podcast and several others on the geekade podcast network check out the geekade patreon linked uh linked to in the show notes It helps keep the show running and our site shiny and clean. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time in a theater near you. Family.
1: Go to the movies.